This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver. If you've been eyeing those electric vehicle rebates and are thinking about taking the leap, keep listening. Earlier this year, producer Paul Caroli and I talked with Sam Brash, who reports on EVs for CPR and drives one himself. And we're bringing that conversation back today to dive into the state incentives and why this just might be the golden age for EVs in Colorado. Today is Thursday, December 28th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Sam Brash, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Always glad to be here. And producer Paul Caroli, hello. Hey, Bree. Hey, Sam. We're talking about electric vehicles, which is partially why you needed to be here, Paul. <laughs> Are you into the EVs? Yeah, am, I, am I the EV yeah. guy? I don't know. You're I mean, the hybrid I'm guy, right? I do. I drive a Prius. We'll talk okay. about it in a few okay. minutes, but I drive a Prius I have for the Great. last two years, and I've regretted that purchase ever since. Because <laughs> you didn't go all in? I missed. Yes. Yeah. I think I missed the moment. Do you think you missed the moment? Because that's what we're going to talk about yeah. right now. Yeah. That's why we have Sam here, is that because the state um, implemented some rebates for, for EVs, for electric vehicles recently, what does that mean? What is that looking like, Sam? This is no longer an exaggeration. There is no better state to buy an electric car in the country than Colorado. Okay. And we, and we can get big. into that. That's bold. That's big. I'm making the statement. You heard it here first. But let's just let's just run through this because yes, please. I think just going through the rebates you can get here in the state, it's mind-blowing. All right? So there's the $7,500 federal incentive that's existed for a long time, but it has some new rules in the Biden's Inflation Reduction Act. Okay? I'm adding this up. 7500 so 7500 Do add it up because the final figure is absolutely wild. Okay. Okay. So we got 7500 That's been there for a long time. The article you read that I wrote is about Colorado passed a new $5,000 EV state tax credit okay. in the last legislative session that is now available to any EV purchaser in the state. You get a tax credit for five grand. You get a grand. tax credit. One important thing to note here is that's a refundable tax credit, unlike the federal one which is non-refundable. That just means to get the full federal rebate, you would need a $7,500 federal tax liability. You need to owe the government that much to get that much. Oh, okay. Mm, Which is why a lot of people say like this credit just, it's all about rich people. But Mm. the state one doesn't matter. You could owe the government $2,000. You still get- You still get it. You still get it. So it's part of an option. Okay. And and this is just the beginning. All right. So we are all, what are we at, Paul? We're at- We're at (laughs) 12,500. That's right. All right. So- they also have uh, another $2,500 rebate for cars under $35,000. That goes live next year, and it's meant to really help low-income car purchasers. Sure. And I think we're the only state that has something like this that you get even more off on cheaper EVs. Is that only on new EVs? That's only on new EVs. Okay, not on used. Okay. Correct. Starting sometime next month, there's something called the Colorado Vehicle Exchange Program, and that'll apply to only people under an income limit. You have to make 
uh, less than 80% of your area median income. And then you have to trade in an older car. I think it's before a 2006 model year or something that's failed an emissions test, right? So we're trying to get dirty cars off the road. If you get that, you get $6,000 off a new purchase Mm. or $4,000 off a used EV. That's a really good deal. I'm thinking about, we have like a 2001 Subaru Outback Mm -hmm. that has failed emissions. Yeah, (laughs) We've had to get it fixed. (laughs) That counts. But like, I don't know if we could get uh, six grand for it in a trade-in, right? Or four grand. Right. So this is like a considerable... It's a lot. That's a lot. And then there's our favorite company, Excel Energy, <laughs> also <laughs> offers $5,500 for a new EV, $3,000 for a used EV. Now, this gets a little tricky because historically, you weren't able to stack that incentive with the other state incentives. Okay. Excel has asked utility regulators to change that. So sometime in the near future, you might be able to get that, that rebate additional. in addition to everything else. Add that all up, Paul. Oh, I, I check my it. math I here. Yep. We are looking at $26,500 of EV rebates, which Holy is just cow. an insane number, right? I think it is very unlikely that somebody in Colorado could qualify for everything we just laid out here, given all the income restrictions, that non-refundable, refundable thing. Right, right. But what's what's clear is that Colorado, we are all in on helping people buy EVs. It's one of our leading climate strategies, and especially for low-income people now, we really want to make sure that people aren't just buying luxury cars. Right. Because I think that's going to be part of this conversation, right? We're thinking about what we see on the road a lot. I, yeah. Paul and I were yeah. talking about this. I see Teslas. Yeah, you see Teslas. Everywhere. Right. But my Teslas mom- Teslas are expensive. They are, right. I'm thinking about that versus my mom drives a Nissan Leaf, mm-hmm. right? Which yeah. is like very much a s- smaller, not fancy commuter style car. So that's cool. So you don't, it, it's not just for the Tesla driver anymore. Kind yeah. Of thing. This actually helps because my next question was going to be like, how do I go about it? But it's so you buy the cars and then you apply for these rebates. I would be my guess. In a lot of cases, yes. In other cases, some dealerships are working in programs where you might be able to get it at the point of sale. Okay. But that's kind of an uneven landscape right now. Most of the policymakers behind these things want to get to the point where you're not filing for this when you file your taxes, that you you get it up front, and maybe that means the dealer claims the rebate. That's the way Denver does its e-bike rebates, and it's part of the reason why it's been so successful. It's been so successful. Um, But yeah, right now, usually you're getting these when you file your federal taxes, so you're probably out the money up front and then crossing your fingers that this all works out on the back end. Well, I'm thinking about what I could get. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, with all those rebates, yes. you know, and, and, and I'm curious about your experience because you, I think you are an EV owner, right? I am. A Chevy Bolt? I'm a, I'm a Bolt bro. A big Bolt bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, are you comfortable telling us how much you paid? Yeah, how much absolutely. That costs? Let's absolutely. talk about the market. So I did this back in 2020 um, and I did it because I knew that the state rebate was 4,000 and was going to 2,000 before they passed that new state law that pushed it back up to five. And uh, Costco also offered a weird discount. Costco as well. has some amazing discounts. I don't get it. I got I get yeah. my tire my so, tires there. Right. So for whatever reason, uh, it knocked the price down. So the the bolt back then was priced pretty high. It was like I think 37, mm. and I got that down to like 22, 23. Incredible. It's incredible. That's incredible too, um, considering you're never buying 
gas again. You're never buying gas. That's again. less than what we paid for the Prius. Really? Yeah. yeah. Just a, just by a shade, but it's yeah. less. And um, I'm devastated by that. Yeah. Do I wish that right now I could go back and and buy an EV now as opposed to back then? Yeah, I do. Because I think like, especially if you qualify for some of these, you know, you're talking about just a potentially absolutely bonkers deal. Well, and the battery life and all the technology advancement, I feel like is happening pretty quickly every couple of years with these cars. Cause yes. that was part of the reason my mom got a deal on her leaf was it was like the earlier model with the smaller battery, yeah. but she just uses, you know, her work is 10 minutes from her house. Yeah, Probably works great. You know, but like going to the mountains, not an option. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's, maybe that's where we go next is, that's something I hear from a lot of folks is like uh, the EV option is uh, cool, mm-hmm. but I drive to the mountains yes. and I worry about, can I charge it somewhere? Is that, is that something people should still be worried about or how do you counter that as some, or how do you deal with that as someone who uses an EV? Yeah. I mean, I can say I've, I've tried to push my bolt to its limits and <laughs> I've taken it all over the state for reporting for trips for myself. Um, Hmm. I've taken it to Craig, Colorado. I've taken it to Paonia. Um, I've taken it to Southern Colorado. I've driven it like 33,000 miles at this point. And, And in the mountains, I would say there are lots of chargers, especially the I-70 corridor. Not so much on the 285 corridor. You kind of need to get to Salida and Crested Butte, but it's getting better every day. So there might be more than we think or assume. Absolutely. Okay. What gets really funky is the whole like Tesla regular EV. I wanted to ask about this. Yeah, I we know can get Tesla into that. Tesla has is, their own. They're angling to be like the standard they, for they, charging they stations. Won. It's they over. won. It's over. Yeah, effectively, they, it's over. So, so that does add a small wrinkle to this. So, in that, you if you don't drive a Tesla and there's a Tesla charging station, you can't use it. Or okay, so what's been going on is that there's consistently been let's call them two standards for ev plugs there's the tesla chargers which are called i think the north american charging standard or system i think standard and then there's ccs i think that's the combined charging system there's going to be some nerd who writes it and it's like you got those both wrong but that's okay <laughs> we love you nerds yeah <laughs> we love you and appreciate uh, your fact checking so do. earlier this year uh tesla and ford came to agreement that said ford we're we're just going to use Tesla chargers. And since then, mm-hmm. the dominoes have just been falling. Mm. GM, other big car makers are now using that standard. And it's quickly become the effective North American charging standard, which is what uh, Tesla wanted this whole time. Interesting. That means a couple things. One, Tesla is going to probably open up all their chargers to cars. I think they've already done that in some limited way. and But eventually, every car will be able to charge at a... Tesla charger, maybe including mine with the converter. We're still waiting on some details with that. And then over time, every other non-Tesla charger will still use a Tesla plug, which is somewhat frustrating if you're like, I want to buy an EV right now and I don't want a Tesla. You could end up with the equivalent of like an old USB cord, right? <laughs> when everything's shifting to like USB 3 or something. Your beta. And exactly. Yeah. Everything's so, going VHS. Okay. That's a little frustrating. Um, but I think it's generally a good thing that at least here in North America, we're moving to one single charging standard. So, and I want to, I want to name this because it's something that I hear folks talk about with electric vehicles, which is range anxiety, mm-hmm. which is basically w- not wanting to invest in the EV because you're not sure that you're going to have these options to charge. I think about, so my mom before, 
I've talked about this before. She, I wouldn't say she's strong armed, but she got her HOA to mm-hmm. install these at her condo to install charging stations. But before that, she would plan out where she was going based on where she could charge her car. And so I see for the ease of like why people have cars in the first place, they would be like, yeah, why would I bother? I'll just, I, at least I, I know where a gas station is. Yeah. So how do we... How how would you convince somebody this is still the right choice? You're a person that says you can drive to Peonia. You can. And I would break it down in a few ways. One, you kind of do need that charger at home. That home charger is, is pretty essential in my opinion. Yeah, which is hard for people in apartments, right? Really sucks. Like they, they need to figure that out. They need to add these two apartments. There's some cool state efforts to make that happen. But I'd say that's pretty essential. Once you have that, your city driving is taken care of. And I think that's like, should be reframed as a real advantage here. You don't have to go to gas stations. You're always kind of ready to go around the city. And for the most part, people don't drive that far in their day-to-day lives. They're, yeah. The range of these cars is going to easily cover what you do in a standard day. On those days when you do go out into the mountains, you'll probably have to do some planning. There's some good apps like PlugShare to kind of help you figure out which places can I hit? How can I do that? And then- Are these it, apps actually good? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think so. They, they work for me. I mean, I'd say that the big limitation here, and that's what I was going to get to, isn't so mm-hmm. much the apps or, or driving around the city. It's right now a lot of chargers, especially the non-Tesla chargers, are so finicky. They're just really poorly maintained mm. and they- they so you just might get to one work. and it doesn't work. Yeah, and it's not for like some complicated engineering system. It's like the credit card reader doesn't work. So when I first bought my Bolt in 2020, that's actually when I went to Paonia. And my partner, Lindsay, and I, I can't believe she did this with me. I was like, let's go. Like, it's the pandemic. Let's see what this, this oh thing can do. <laughs> um, and we took off and our, our first stop was like a fast charger in Carbondale. That didn't work. We had to like use a slower charger that took like six hours before we... Right, what do you do in Carbondale for six hours? Yeah, we just, we we bopped around. (laughs) We then went over, I forget the name of that pass, we went over that pass into Paonia because we saw there was a fast charger there. Mm -hmm. We get there, we're like, where is this thing? It was not like a corporate fast charger. It was the utility, yeah, basically had tied it to like a telephone pole and there was a laminated laminated sheet of instructions that included using a dial-up modem and selecting like the right voltage or wattage level for your car. That's hilarious. And somehow it worked, which is great because otherwise we would have been totally SOL. (laughs) But like this is what people are thinking of. People are thinking about this. Like this is so hard. And I'll say a few things with that. One, the charging network just in the last three years has gotten a lot better. Totally. The state is pouring a lot of money into it. The federal government is pouring a lot of money into it. So those were the problems that exist, and they still exist to a large extent. Um, but they're getting better every single day. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board, because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone, and there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. 
There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. I'd like to talk about climate politics yes. a little bit. Oh. So we've talked about how uh, our governor, Jared Polis, is investing big in these rebates. This mm-hmm. is his preferred strategy when it comes to electric vehicles. He is not the only Democratic presidential contender <laughs> who's excited about EVs. Gavin Newsom in California is pursuing a very different tact. And I want to hear your take because what he's doing is ending he's got a ban on gas powered vehicles by 2035 is it a ban on the sale of or the ownership of the sale the sale sale okay Mm -hmm. they're not just gonna like come and take your car okay no no (laughs) so what's your sense of the climate politics like these two very different approaches so here's what i would say uh this policy is called clean cars 2 there was a clean cars 1 and clean cars 2 is essentially a sales mandate so what it is it's like a set of targets that car sellers have to hit. And it includes, you know, 80% of all vehicle sales in California have to be electric by 2032. Okay. Um, that's included. And then it, it's in Colorado. Now we're considering it. And the Polis administration says, we want to do that target, but not the final target, which is what you're talking about, 100%. Not the full EV, ban. Not the full thing, right? Not the full sales mandate. So what I, here's what I think is going on here. Newsom is in a, in a spot where he's like, I want to be the guy who puts the nail in the coffin of the internal combustion engine, right? Mm. That is how I, I sell myself as a political figure. Polis, he, he wants to look a little more moderate. He doesn't want to have anybody running ads that says, you know, this is the guy he's who trying banned to kill your, your gas car. Truck. Yeah. Um, and so he skipped this like final step of the policy But I think you could argue that the more important steps of the policy are those uh, interim goals, those Hmm. those midway steps, and those will probably be approved in Colorado anyway. Hmm. So he kind of just deleted the headline, right? But not good strategy. The the core policy. He's a smart guy. Yeah, he really is. He really is. Hmm. Well, I mean, how do you feel like that plays into their presidential ambitions? Do you think one of those two directions <laughs> oh, is like man, more know. popular? Is that too I big of a question no for idea us? right now? I mean, I think the future of climate politics are really interesting, especially in a democratic primary. Yeah. Um, and I think Polis has very effectively marketed himself around the fun stuff, like electric car rebates. Cost of Anita jobs. Yeah, cost of Benita jobs. And... <laughs> I, I think that you can easily build campaign ads and messaging around those things, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think he's established himself as somebody who's going to prove the power of incentives. I have no idea how that plays out on a on a national campaign stage. It's not quite as catchy as the the guy who killed the internal combustion yeah, right. engine, but it's it could be good. Could yeah. be compelling. But okay, so. I have to ask you about something, Sam, which is like in the back of my mind, I'm I'm hearing f- like our friend transit reporter, Nate Miner and other people who really care about transit who might say, uh, OK, EVs are still single occupant cars and they bring along with them this same baggage. I mean, beyond emissions, 
We're talking wear and tear to our roads, uh, the fact that there's still traffic. And also, I think the biggest issue is cars kill people, right? We're thinking about Vision Zero here in Denver, how traffic deaths have been on the rise. This is not eliminating any of that. What is? Where do you see electric vehicles in that conversation? I think electric vehicles, if you want to talk about pedestrian safety, is going to make the problem worse. Yeah. Like, really? Think, yeah. Electric vehicles are incredibly heavy. They are even heavier if we only sell electric trucks and SUVs. The GMC Hummer EV, have you seen a picture of that thing? No. (laughs) It's like, it's a tank. Look it up. It's it's wild. Oh, no. It weighs upwards or close to 9,000 pounds, which is huge. (sighs) And you start loading up cars with huge batteries with those kinds of weights, more people are going to die. Not to mention the issues that come up around all the critical minerals you need for those batteries, all the mining you have to do. And so if you want to really bank on EVs as a climate policy, I think the only honest way to do it is to not only incentivize electric cars, but find ways to incentivize smaller, more economical electric cars. And understand that electric cars are an imperfect solution in a world that we've built around the automobile. We have whole suburbs, strip malls, apartments, everything is built with cars in mind. We have a way to swap in a cleaner technology, but multiple studies have looked at the Paris climate goals, has looked at states specific climate goals, and it's pretty clear we're not gonna get anywhere close to those if EVs are the only answer. And I've already seen some of the, you know, in the response to the article that I think you guys read that we could have $26,500 in EV incentives available in Colorado, have pointed out like, why aren't we investing that money elsewhere? If we know that this is an imperfect climate solution, why aren't we just making transit free or Mm. investing in bus rapid transit or finally building Mm. the train down the front range, right? So sure, like EVs work for a marginal decrease in emissions, but we're going to have to move beyond the car at some point. And it's a question of when and how you do that. Hmm. So it's like a very appealing half measure. And I guess that brings us back to politics. Absolutely. That's why it's happening. Yeah. That's, I think why it's happening. It doesn't, ask people to change their entire life, right? In a lot of ways, having owned an EV, it is awesome. A lot of times people ask me like, what's the one thing you like, you wanted to know before you bought an electric car? I didn't know how smug I would be about (laughs) it. Like, (laughs) I judge- Oh, Sam, you're saying what I'm thinking. Everyone I see. And please tell me you're car. you're not one of those people that has a personalized license plate letting us know <laughs> not only that your license plate says electric vehicle, but yeah. that it says like FU OPEC or Eco Dad or what are the other yeah. ones? I've no, seen? I mean I my friends at one point they they created a list of things that I'm not allowed to talk about just because I, I need to diversify. Sure. Uh-huh. EVs was top of the list. They were like I will just tell you those are good friends. Yeah. They care about your well being. They do. They do. But if you see a, a Chevy Bolt out there with a vanity license plate, Bolt Bro 420. Yeah, that, that, that might be me. You know. 69, actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Sam, um, thanks for coming on and uh, validating my feelings of uh, missing the moment on the Prius purchase two Do you feel ago. like you missed it? When did you buy uh, your yeah, car? 2021, summer 2021. Okay. And it was a new Prius? Yeah. Is it a plug-in Prius? No. Mm. I blew it. Well... 
Sam Brash, Paul Caroli. Thank you both. Thanks, Sam. Thank you, guys. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell the EV owner in your life about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning to take a closer look at places in Denver that some people just love to hate. See you later. And is a proud owner of a Chevy Volt. Chevy Bolt. Bolt. It's a bolt. Oops.